0: Everybody's crazy about a sharp-dressed man. Chapter two, a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad life or whatever. Ace shades his eyes with his hand and looks around. The town square is a bustle of chaos in the bright sunshine, and it could be any large island in the east blue. It's not, though. It's the first time his boots have hit dirt in the Grand Line, and that makes this island special. He's going to explore it, And eat everything, talk to everyone, and see if he's got himself a wanted poster yet. It's probably a bit early for that, but there's something about the air, the sunlight, the noise that's making him a bit paranoid. It doesn't feel like he's being watched. Not exactly. More like there's something just a bit off. There's a scent in the air, though of cooking meat, and he follows his nose to the market square. The object being offered is some kind of meat on a stick, and despite his time in forests and with Luffy, he can't quite identify what kind of animal it's from. He gets one anyway. It's delicious. There's a lot that's familiar here. He knows villages and markets, after all, but there's a lot that's new, too. A flower booth is selling blooms he's never seen, and one plant turns to watch him pass by. He walks with his hands in his pockets, looking but not touching. It's all new and interesting, but also he's getting twitchy and thinking about leaving. Which, why? He's only just got here after all. The creeping feeling of wrong that's been slowly edging up his spine is now flooding his mouth with a bitter taste like bile and black coffee, and he swallows on the urge to retch. There's something wrong here, he spins in place, looking around, but no one else seems to notice that there's something off, something bad wrong. The roar shakes the walls, and for all the feeling is stronger than ever, Ace blows out a breath in relief. Having a target always did make him feel better. He orients on the sound, and there's... uh... that's... it's kinda... It's like a tall, spindly creature made of smoke, darkness, and horrors, rising above the houses on the other side of the square. It's screaming in a voice of nightmares, and the sound of it pins Ace in place. "'It's a Yoma!' someone's yelling, and that word clicks in place in Ace's heart even as he spins. "'A what?' He yells, dodging some kind of dark bean thing that the Yoma is scattering. Yoma, it's a- The guy is stammering, and Ace grabs his arm and drags him along to the side of the street. Yomas are- they're like- The Yoma roars again, and the guy drops, cowering and wrapping his arms over his head. Ace huffs and paces back out into the square. The thing roars, which means it breathes, and if it breathes, Ace can kill it. He lights his arm with fire and braces his feet. DUCK! Ace doesn't duck. He turns and has to flinch back from the shatterscot of golden beams, one of which passes so close it singes the brim of his hat. HEY! WATCH IT! Crescent BEAM! Ace falls back to avoid the next barrage and lands on the ground at the same time as an orange kitten's heels touch down. His gaze travels up past the frankly alarming amount of leg on show, the remarkably short skirt, bow, sailor bib, and golden tiara. It's an outfit he knows intimately, though not quite in this color. What the hell, he says helplessly. Why, what, why? The Yoma lights up gold, lined in power, and shatters in a way that's not quite real. There's a person behind the monster, and they fall to their knees and collapse in the middle of the road. What, Ace says. The fuck was that? The sailor scout. Venus, something in him knows, sighs and steps forward, nudging the person with one sparkly shoe. "'Yoma,' Venus says. You must not be from around here.' "'No,' he says grimly. I'm not." "'It's not your problem, Yoy, Venus says, crouching to check on the person then standing up and wiping one hand on the skirt. Is it shorter than his? It looks shorter than his. Fighting yoma is the duty of the sailor scouts. They'll never go for a civilian when there's a scout around. No need to worry, Yoi. No need to worry, Ace repeats incredulously. You've got to be kidding me. The look Venus tosses him is unimpressed. "'Gotta go. Oh, and next time?' Ace looks up just in time to meet a pointed gaze. When a sailor scout yells duck, you should probably duck. And with a flounce and a jump, Venus is gone, leaving Ace on his butt in the middle of the street with what he's rapidly coming to suspect maybe an actual corpse i hate the grand line he says blankly and gets up captain someone asks and he turns to find mask you okay no i mean yeah just i'm not hurt just angry ace says i don't understand Am I some kind of Scalar Scout magnet? The last thing I want is to see another Sailor Scout as long as I live. Why are they always showing up around me? There, there, Masked Deuce says, grabbing hold of his elbow and towing him out of the square. Especially Sailor Moon, ACLs, waving his free arm around. Why even is there moon magic? Why are there planet warriors in short skirts? Why is this necessary? No, really, I want to know. Why is this necessary? It's okay, Deuce says soothingly. Come on, Saber heard something about the Red Force. Who decided this was a good idea? Okay, okay, Captain. Breathe, please. Let's go chase a Yonkyo for a while. That always cheers you up. Ace yells incoherently and only doesn't throw fire because his first mate is so close. They do get back to the ship without incident, though, and Ace goes straight to his bunk and screams into his pillow for a while. It's not very helpful in solving any of his problems, but it sure does make him feel better. What also makes him feel better is that Saber's information is pretty recent, and it seems to actually be right. The port's not even that far away, even if it is a winter island. He drags his crew there anyway, all the way up a mountain, and finds Shanks, after all these years, sitting around a bonfire in a cave, completely drunk. Hi. Hi. He says, stepping forward to bow. My name's Ace. Princess! Shank cheers, raising a toast. And everyone in the cave freezes. What? Ace grits out, and Saber and Mass Deuce are there, tugging at his shoulders, even as Ben sighs and says to Shank's, You can't just... Nah, it's okay, Shanks says, waving him off. Hey, princess, long time no see. Ace stares at him, fists clenching, and then he sighs, long and loud, and sits in place. How did you know? he asks plaintively, and his crew hits the floor behind him. Makino said you'd left, Shanks says, and he squints at him, then past him, and lets his eyes go just a bit unfocused. Oh no, he says, and now he can see it, the smugness, and the hendonism, and the massive, terrifying power, like barely sheathed claws, and the barely there tail. Oh, no, you're the other cat. Shanks doesn't agree, but he doesn't deny it, either. It's been so long since we've had a proper princess, he says instead. Hey, hey, Ben, Ben, hey, bring another barrel. This calls for a party. Everything calls for a party, Ben mutters, but he makes a gesture and the rest of Shanks' crew cheers wildly and starts rolling barrels up from the back of the cave. Princess? Masked Deuce asks behind Ace, and he can feel his hands clenching into fists again. He, uh, Ace answers, and then he thinks to hell with it. Shanks saved my little brother's life. As far as I'm concerned, he can call me anything he wants. Little brother, Shanks says, leaning up just a bit. The lineage never throws spares. Luffy, Ace says determinedly, right over him. The little kid who stole your devil fruit and stabbed himself in the face? The entire cave grinds to a halt, and Shanks actually sits up properly. Luffy? he asks. But... He's, well, that's an interesting turn for that relationship to take. Don't think it's ever been siblings before. There's a weight on him. Like Shanks's gaze is pressing down with ineffable feeling. Ace always ascribes to moon magic bullshit. Then he blinks and laughs and says, But Luffy, wow, how's the little anchor doing? Everyone crowds close, and Ace relaxes a bit, grinning. Finally, he gets to indulge his favorite pastime, bragging about his brother. Hey, Saber says, leaning cautiously into the room. There's a Marine? On deck? For you? What? "'Ace says, scrambling up. "'Why would the Marines be here? "'But wait, only one? "'The only Marine he knows who'd dare come alone. "'But no, there'd be more screaming if it were Gramps.' "'It's a single guy, blonde and bland, "'and no one Ace recognizes at all. "'His eyes flick to the guy's face, "'and then his jacket cuffs, then his shoulders. "'Then he takes a step forward, "'lights one hand up, and says, "'Can I help you, petty officer?' The poor petty officer shrinks back. Uh, he says, eyes stuck on Ace's flaming fists, and then he quickly reaches into a pocket and pulls out. Well, it looks like a sheaf of papers. It looks like the enrollment form Gramps has waved at him several times over the years. Ace's eyes stick to it. And he takes a step forward. What, he grits out, is that? "Uh, on behalf of the Marine High Command, the guy says, and maybe he's babbling a bit, but Ace doesn't care. I am authorized to hereby extend the officer of a truce in the capacity of a sh-should be- Ow! The yelp is more of surprise than pain, because the papers in his hands just ignited and burnt themselves out so fast and bright they may have well been flash paper. Get out, Ace says, shaking in place with barely contained rage. But I'm to get out, Ace says, and takes a single, heavy step forward. The Marine eeps breaks, and runs. "'Where's the Moby Dick?' he asks, no one in particular, and there's a short, vicious fight behind his back as to who gets to tell him. Mass Deuce loses because he really has the worst luck. "'It's—' he starts, then swallows. "'Are you sure this is a good idea?' The rage is rising in him like a tide, like magma, and Ace is looking at the deck. He knows he is, but all he can see is red. I'm sure I need to murder something right now, he says, and entirely without his consent, his shoulders burst into flame. W- w- we don't know, Masked Deuce says, shrinking back from the heat. "'Then who's the close shishibukai?' Ace demands, and Mas Du says, "'Well, uh, actually—' "'Hello,' says a polite voice, and Ace turns around slowly. "'As a current shishibukai, I have been asked to discuss the offer with you,' "'the well-dressed fishman states, setting foot on Ace's boat.' He looks vaguely familiar, and A squints at him. And who, he says slowly, the fuck are you? Ah, I haven't introduced myself. My name is Jimbe, formerly of Fishman Island, Shijibukai, and current holder of the Power of the Jupiter line. A says scream comes bubbling up from the depths of his hatred, and he attacks. Everything disappears in a swirl of fire, then water, and then, of course, superheated steam. Jimbe is strong, he's fierce, and he's got some serious moves. But Ace has stamina, and if he can't beat the guy, he sure as hell can outlast him. You are a worthy opponent, Jimbei says, somewhere around day three. Are you sure you won't come be a Shichibukai? Shichi, go die! Ace spits back, chest heaving with the effort of breathing. Very well, Jimbei says, stepping back. Allow me to show you my true power. He raises his arm and opens his mouth, and Ace knows what's about to happen like he can see it coming in slow motion. Nope, he says, and dashes forward. Nope, no, we're not doing that. It's close, but he gets there just in time. He charges, left shoulder forward, and goes straight for the reaping sweep. Jimbe falls backwards, arms flying up, and Ace follows him down to slap a hand over his mouth. His other hand starts prying at the wrist the fisherman had raised earlier till his fingers hit metal, and he scrambles for it. Bracelet? Bracer? Some kind of metal. And he scrambles back off of Jimbe, taking the object with him. What? Ace retreats as far as he's willing to, then looks down. It's a bracer, a large metal one, all fancy with sigils and symbols and the sign of Jupiter front and center can't transform if you don't have your transformation item ace snarls clutching it tightly how did you ace drops it on the ground behind him and jimbei gasps and lunges ace kicks it backwards out of range and says don't worry i won't break it besides transformation objects aren't that fragile and how do you know this jimbei says back in stance and watching him warily. A drunk mooncat told me, Ace lies, and charges back into the fight. He wakes up on the shore. There's no telling how long he's been out, or even how long he fought jimbei really, but he's damn sure it wasn't him who passed out first. He's sore empty in a cold kind of way, and blinking hurts. He feels better, though, calmer and less unbalanced. It's nice to just lie there and breathe for a bit, right up till someone pokes him in the side and says, You dead? Ugh. He flips over, curling away from the foot, rocks back on his spine and pushes up into a jackknife jump that puts him on his feet. The person who poked him has fallen back this step and gone glassy. Literally, his skin has gone hard and white and reflective. Ace blinks. He's never seen anything like that before. But then his eyes fall on the tattoo, and that he certainly has. He growls, turning to look around, and sure enough, There's a small fleet of landing boats coming from the absolutely massive ship in the distance, and there's Whitebeard himself standing proud on a flat-bottomed landing boat, so Ace backs up, taking a few running steps and leaps. The boat is too far away for a single jump, even from someone like Ace. Luckily, he doesn't have to rely only on that. He leans forward and lights up his arms, using the heat and momentum to give himself an extra boost. He lands hard in a crouch and doesn't bother cutting off the fire to his hands. Whitebeard's turn to look at him, though, and Ace grins, a wild slash of rage across his face. "'All right,' he says, rising up from his crouch, fire rising around him and in his eyes. I am having a very bad day, week, life, whatever, and I've got some stress that needs working out. He cracks his knuckles and saunters forwards, leaving fire in his wake. And the thing about my bad days? They're contagious. And then he slams his fists down, setting the entire dingy on fire, and he laughs and laughs and laughs, He laughs all the way up till talons wrap around his arm and haul him straight up, and then his laughs turn into screams and threats as the big blue firebird carries him away to the Moby Dick proper. There's a booming laugh following them, and Ace looks back to see Whitebeard, still standing tall on the flaming boat, laughing as they go. Ace sets himself on fire again and yells to be let down, flailing upward with flame. The bird ignores him, circling lower, and does drop him, just a bit too high for a safe descent. He sticks the landing anyway, turning to scream more obscenities at the sky, and the bird circles around, coming in low and hitting the ground as a person. He's an oddly familiar man, Ace thinks, squinting. He's sure he's seen this guy before. You the guy says, straightening from his landing. are more trouble than you're worth, Yoi. Thanks, Ace says, and spits on the deck. Why would you set fire to the boat you're on when you know you can't swim? Because fuck you, that's why. Blondie throws his hands up and walks away, and a tall guy with a truly ridiculous hairstyle pops up next to him. Hey, Marco, what? Oh, new kid. Hey, new kid, what's your name? Don't bother, apparently, Marco says. He's not staying. Damn right I'm not, Ace agrees. I'm just here to kill you all, and then I'll be on my merry way to anywhere but here. Kill us all? The new guy says, and a third person pops up lanky and dressed in oddly old-fashioned ruffles. "'Yeah,' she says. "'This is that new rookie that's got everyone in a tizzy, remember? Firefist Ace? He's apparently aiming to kill Pops, though the whole mass murder thing is new.' "'Yeah, well,' Ace says, standing up and cracking his spine, then flicking one hand into fire. "'I hadn't planned on it,' But then I met you, so... Marco turns and leaves, and the redhead with the hair, as long as his shoulders are wide, makes a quiet noise in his throat. I'm Thatch, and I'm reluctantly charmed, he says, sticking out his hand. Ace looks at him, looks at his hand, and then looks down to his own hand, which is still on fire. Whitebeard laughs at murder attempts, Marco grabs people who are on fire, and now this. Does no one on this ship have any sense of self-preservation? You're all mad, Ace says blankly. Probably, the other person says, and she's laughing at him. He can tell. Don't worry, you'll fit right in. You'll fit in a coffin when I'm done with you, Ace answers. I'm going to kill your captain if it's the last thing I ever do. His pride is on the line, and his crew, and if there's one thing Ace can't do, it's give up. He's been on this ship too long, he knows, because he's starting to do dumb things, like actually learn people's names and, like, care and shit. This isn't the first island they've docked at since Ace has been aboard, but it's always a good distraction. The Moby Dick is out in the harbor, half the crew is ashore, and it's a perfect time for a spot of murder. He's tried straightforward, and he's tried subtle. Time to be sneaky so he helps himself to the biggest axe he can find and comes at Whitebeard from behind, screaming loudly. Marco's there suddenly, because Marco's always there. Marco catches the axe blade in taloned feet and wrenches it out of his hand, dropping it to the deck and landing on the back of Whitebeard's chair. Really? he asks. Just… with the axe. And the ambush? Really? A month ago, a week ago, he might have screamed with thwarted rage, but now he just sighs and sulks off around the chair. He has to rework tomorrow's plan, then, if... Someone on the island screams... Ace's head jerks around, and the way the horizon's just a bit darker has his eyes flickering, and he draws in a deep breath. Yeah, it's there, just subtle, like copper and smoke. Pops! Marco says, and Ace looks back. Go! Whitebeard says, and Marco takes a few running steps, jumps for the railing, and leaps off and away, wings already spread. That's a Yoma! Ace says, watching Marco fly towards it. Yeah, Thatch says and sighs. I'm gonna go make some cinnamon muffins. He's always in a bad mood after these. After these, Ace repeats, and Haruta leans against the rail next to him. Yeah, he hates killing people, she says, shielding her eyes with one hand. Can't be helped, though, until we find the moon princess. Ace freezes. Moon princess? he repeats. Yeah, she's the only one who can heal, Haruta explains. All the scouts can fight Yoma, and they can break the curse. But only the princess can heal them out of it. Marco knows it's necessary, but he still hates it. Guess that's what makes him such a good Venus. Venus, Ace says flatly. Marco is Venus. What, you didn't know? It's only the worst kept secret on the Moby Dick. Hey, wait, where are you going? I think I need to go for a swim, Ace says woodenly. But you can't swim. Yeah, Ace says. I know. Marco sets the bowl of stew down, and doesn't look up from where his head is buried in his knees. He certainly doesn't say thanks, but he's been starting to feel bad about that. The stew smells great, though, and Marco turns to go to let him eat in peace. Marco, who's Venus? Marco, who has the heritage of a sailor scout, and yet also has a family. His crew knows everything about him. Isn't that dangerous? Hey, Ace says, and Marco looks back. They, your crew, they don't care? About the whole magic thing? About you being different? Marco looks back and smiles, and there is an uncomplicated kind of joy there that Ace isn't ready for. He looks away. "'No one cares about secrets here,' Marco says. "'We're family, Yoi. We support each other, no matter what.' Ace swallows, and then he asks, "'Why—why do you call him Pops?' Marco turns fully, and Ace looks up at him. His smile is gentle and happy, and he says, "'Because he calls us his sons.'" Ace looks back at that painful happiness, then down at the bowl of stew. Okay, he says, and swallows. Then he closes his eyes, Let's his head thunk back against the railing and says, Yeah, okay. The end of chapter two.